Hi, my name is Marcy Trent Long. Welcome to Sustainable Asia. Nineteen eighty-six is made in collaboration with China Dialogue. It's a four-part podcast series about China, oceans, and fish. This is episode four of nineteen eighty-six, a story of how China is breaking the cycle of overfishing that was unleashed with the passage of the nineteen eighty-six fisheries law during their reform and opening period. Previously on episode three, starting from two thousand twenty, fishing will be completely banned in the Yangtze River for ten years. The Chinese leaders recognize that overfishing is a problem. Top leaders today in China are pushing for a number of improvements in managing fisheries sustainably. In nineteen eighty six, China passed a fisheries law that privatized fishing vessels. And move China from a country of wooden boat fishing communes into the modern world of mechanized commercial fishing trawlers. Now, China is by far the biggest producer and consumer of fish products globally, and since 2002, China's been the world's leading exporter of fish products. China's fishing industry, however, is increasingly the victim of its own success. In 2013, China spent 6.5 billion U.S. dollars on fishing subsidies, the fuel subsidies that we described in episode two. Many countries still have these types of fishing subsidies, and until they're gone, overfishing problems may well persist. But as Songling Wang, China Program Director of Ocean Outcomes, told us in episode three, fisheries development in China. Is now moving towards a type of mariculture called marine ranching. So I'm an ocean conservationist at Environmental Defense Fund. My name is Jami Mikakis, and I lead our effort to make oceans sustainable in Asia. So overfishing is not the only challenge threatening China's marine fisheries. There's also been serious habitat loss. And while the Chinese people have enjoyed astonishing economic development in the last forty years, the environmental costs have also been staggering. More than fifty percent of coastal wetlands have been lost. Fifty-seven percent of mangroves and eighty percent of coral reefs gone. Now, these habitats were once critical to the life cycle of many species found in China's waters. They provide feeding grounds, spawning grounds, nursery grounds, and overwintering habitats. So while preventing overfishing is part of the solution, China really needs to undertake massive habitat restoration and renovation to restore these critical ecosystem functions. Enter marine ranching. When I talk to Chinese scientists, they talk about marine ranching to include everything from planting seagrasses and creating artificial reefs, as well as things like restocking the ocean with fingerlings and baby fish. I think there are a lot of potential challenges with marine ranching. Possible that marine ranching in China could be one way to restore habitats and ecosystem functions that could help rebuild healthy and abundant wild fish population. Marine ranching is a type of aquaculture that was first developed in the 1970s. The goal was the same back then: bring back ocean fish species with man-made artificial reefs on the ocean floor. But the methods were a bit more primitive: sinking old boats, dropping concrete slabs. And even submerging old subway cars, whatever it would take to encourage the algae to grow or change seabed currents, is what people did. Today in China, the approach is a bit more scientific. 
海洋牧场建设主要是有两个目的，一个是为了恢复我们的渔业资源。The construction of marine ranching has two purposes. The first is to restore our fishery resource, and the second is to recover our offshore environment, because overfishing in China has been very serious in the past few decades. Zhang Chun is editor of China Dialogue Ocean in Beijing. She received a master's degree in geographic sciences and natural resources research at the Chinese Academy of Science. Agriculture actually has a plan, so in the agriculture report, the Ministry of Agriculture actually has a plan. So at this time last year, there were about 200 big and small marine ranches. And about 42 national marine ranching pilots along the west coast of China. From north to south, basically all provinces have it, but there are more located in the north, especially in Liaoning and Shandong. The water in the north is calmer and shallower, whereas the water in the south is deeper and rougher. So marine ranching varies along the coast of China. Tian Tao, a professor at Dalian University. Has spent years studying ecology of artificial reefs and fish behavior. 那么北方这个海洋牧场试管区和南方的它从这个 The pilots from north to south have different construction goals and plans. In the north, because many of the sea areas are contracted to private sectors of the government, the main construction model is to construct artificial reefs and to raise shellfish, including sea cucumbers, sea urchins, and abalone. This seafood has high economic value and can be retrieved easily, so the companies can earn profits. 那么南方来讲的话，大部分还是以公益型的海洋牧场为主。But in the south, most marine ranches are not for profit, and the government operates and manages the ranches. The main goal of these ranches is for rehabilitation purposes to recover the ocean habitat. The artificial reefs used here in the south tend to be bigger compared to the ones in the north and serve as protection for fish. Artificial reefs are used to mimic natural reefs as home for fish and marine organisms. But will just building artificial reefs be enough? 对对，人工的增值放流单纯是去增加一个那个资源量的。The construction of marine ranches needs to include releasing juvenile fish, but releasing them inside the ranching areas is not necessary. We release the fish to increase the amount of general fish capacity. That was Sun Bin, a professor at Shanghai University. He has a doctoral degree in aquatic biology from South Korea, where he studied and worked in marine ranching. Releasing juvenile fish is carried out by national-level farms, provincial-level farms, and some fishery research institutes. The fish that are released for the public good are usually high economic value fish. Fish are also released to increase ocean biodiversity, since it has been pretty depleted. The 13th Five-Year Plan for the National Marine Economy in China calls for the sustainable development of regional ocean fisheries, primarily through the marine ranching pilot programs. But is building artificial reefs sustainable development for the ocean? Artificial reefs are a very important part of marine ranching, but they are not always essential. From the perspective of ecology, we want to have the least human intervention possible when we repair or restore the habitat of a sea area. By placing artificial reefs, it will have certain impacts on the benthic organisms, small organisms. 
that live in the ocean floor sediment, and it will change the geographic makeup of the seabed. But the main problem of placing artificial reefs is the material that it's made of, which is concrete, and without proper treatment, can affect the pH balance of the sea. According to China Dialogue, by 2016, China had developed 850 square kilometers of marine ranches, an area about half the size of Beijing. China plans to invest around three billion U.S. dollars in the marine ranching pilot programs under the new 13th Five-Year Plan. Also, the marine ranches today in China. Have somewhat deviated from their original purpose. In the beginning, it was designed to restore fishery capacity and recover the ocean environment. But by encouraging private ownerships, the goal shifted. As long as a corporate enterprise meets the criteria to receive funds from the government, they will build a marine ranch and neglect the evaluation or assessment process. This is a short-term vision for the country. Currently, only Shandong Province has a local standards for marine ranching. It regulates the construction area, depth, scale, and whether it is for rehabilitation or leisure. But when it comes to determining what impact the artificial reef has on the environment, or if there should be a system in place to monitor and maintain the marine ranch. All these standards are missing in the whole country. I think the one area I really worry is that、uh, there are env- environmental impact assessments. The process is not transparent, and、uh, there isn't a chance for, I guess, for uh, researchers, uh, the environmental community, maybe with different voices, to influence the, this procedure of、uh, decision making. So、uh, that's where I see the hidden risks. Uh, although the desire from the central government is clear and is、uh, is definitely eco-friendly, that was Songling Wang, chairman of Qingdao Marine Conservation Society and China Program Director of Ocean Outcomes. He graduated from the Ocean University of China, has a master's from Yale University, and has worked tirelessly on China ocean conservation issues for the last 15 years. I think China needs more marine protected areas, as many other countries. And then this process, like the artificial fish reef or marine ranching, is also driven by.、Uh, it's also dependent right now on、uh, on the leadership of the local provincial level,、uh, local level government. So when some scientists were trying to propose they should some newly found seagrass bed, for example, need to be set up as a reserve or protected areas, they found that、uh, decision makers are keen to turn this into a ranch. The thirteenth five-year plan for the national marine economy policy puts science and environmental protection first, in the consideration of building marine ranches. Then, the implementation of the new policy is handed down to the provincial and local level to assign and oversee the marine ranching permits. Bank loans and funding are also handed out at the local and provincial level, but there are inherent incentives. For companies that have long-term marine ranch licenses, they own the place for 15 years. Let's say they certainly they have a they would have a much stronger desire to make sure that they have a good harvest within the 15 years at least. 
but now they have the kind of incentive to make sure that they only harvest the kind of a sexually mature species, etc. They may take more effort to conserve the, for example, the breeding stocks. Countries like Japan and South Korea, who are more advanced in the technology of marine ranches, it makes me wonder if there's anything that China could learn from them. Tian Tao again. Marine ranching is a good direction for China's offshore waters due to serious damage and decline of marine habitat. In general, we look at three areas, scientific planning, scientific construction, and scientific management. In China, we start building marine ranching without a full understanding of it. In Japan and South Korea, they are more concerned about this part, and scientific planning comes before construction. Then, after scientific planning, is scientific construction, which we do pretty well here in China. And then the third part is scientific management. I visited Tongyong Marine Ranching in South Korea two days ago. It was constructed 20 years ago, and they've been doing monitoring work every year since. But in China, we rarely do so. So marine ranching in China has some opportunities, but it also has some challenges. Sun Bin again. I just want to say that in the future, whether it is to construct marine ranches inside or outside China, we should have a better scientific background to support it and should not let it be owned by some business corporates. Because the ocean does not belong to just some corporates, but all humans. Special thanks to our sponsors, the Swire Group Charitable Trust, creating positive change in education, marine, and arts through supporting registered nonprofit organizations, primarily in Hong Kong and mainland China. 1986 is produced by Sustainable Asia in collaboration with China Dialogue. The season was created and written by me, Marcy Trent Long. The assistant producer was Li Ting Lin. Special thanks to Oscar Lee, John Mimikakis, Sam Beckermans, Jill Baxter, and Zhang Chun. Carson and Kinsey Long created the 1986 graphic, and the intro and outro music is made from repurposed and recovered waste items by Alexander Mobison. Learn more about his music at kalelover.net. Let's not forget a warm thank you to our voiceovers, Kinsey Long, Annabeth Martins, Ethan Chen, and Andrew Suckley. If you like what you hear, subscribe to the Sustainable Asia podcast and please give us a rating. Show notes are posted on our website, sustainableasia.co.